If you love our content, please subscribe to our Patreon. You can find the link in the description. I've been your host, Gene. <laughs> hey, welcome to Creative Block. We're your host, Gene. And V. We interview people in the animation industry about their life, work, and hobbies while we doodle jam. We asked people on Twitter if they had specific topics they wanted us to discuss, as well as some drawing prompts. And today with us, we have Vivienne Medrano. Hey! Hey! AKA Hello. Vivzy Pop. <laughs> Aka, Viv, Aka, Vivzy. You have many names. Yes. <laughs> you make a lot of stuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Creator of Hasman Hotel, creator of Hell of a Boss, creator of Zoophobia. Many, many stories, right? Yes, I have I have an obscene amount of projects and things in my head at all it's times. It's good. It's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. So uh, for those who don't know, tell us who you are and what you do. Um, sure thing. Yeah, so, so my name is Vivian. I am the creator of a few adult animated projects, adult animated shows uh, that I have so far uh, self-produced and... Uh, make just for YouTube for free, um, and they're all funded through the support of the amazing audience and and mm -hmm. all of that. And uh, yeah, that's what I've been doing primarily. I I've worked kind of in and out in um, in the development uh, world. So I'm I basically most of my uh, work has been completely NDA, can never show. So the <laughs> the outlet has been to make these projects that I can just throw onto the internet and have people enjoy that come directly from yeah. me. So <laughs> that's me. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. So were you um, going through like the traditional development pipeline before you started doing Hasman Hotel and Hell of a Boss? Uh, yes. Yeah. So my like original start besides, you know, like after art school was just doing kind of one off like freelance. Like I've, I've been a freelancer my whole career so far. Uh, mm -hmm. I have not yet had a uh, any kind of cubicle or office. I have worked entirely uh, offline with very, you know, from various clients. So I have worked for some of the studios. Um, I've worked mm -hmm. minim minimally for Cartoon Network. Uh, I did something for Mattel. I did something uh, for, I think I did something for technically DreamWorks. Um, I've done some mm -hmm. stuff for them, uh, but very never will see the light of day. Kind of Owen oh, Warner. Warner, I've done some things. Sure, so, so, yeah. I can't even, I don't even know if it's safe to say what I've done because I don't even know if those shows have been greenlit. Like I, a lot of what I've done has been development for shows that may or may not be greenlit. Um, mm -hmm. So it's either something they're developing and, uh, or it's something that like someone is developing with them and they just need a creative partner to do like the, the art side of things. Um, mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so that was sort of not even my bread and butter because I was mostly just doing it when I you know, like when it was a cool opportunity, you know, I was like, oh, this mm -hmm. seems fun. And I have some time. Uh, I've since not really, I've, I've kind of stopped because my full time work is my own projects now. So there's sure, not really, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> not really a need to do it anymore unless it's a cool thing. Yeah, that's right. like, that's super great. And honestly, the dream of like a lot of people who want to break into animation, honestly. And I was wondering kind of like for you as a kid, did you know that you wanted to create your own stories and be an artist? Kind of how was like that path for you growing up? Oh, yes. I, um, 
my my grandparents uh, joke about it, especially my grandfather will joke about how many times I would make up my own stories and like uh, verbally like spout them to, to them. Yeah. And, oh, then, yeah. <laughs> and then I would quiz them on like, okay, do you remember what happened in this story? And and so um, so uh, I, I apparently was storytelling from a very young age. And I remember, um, you know, I'd always do like little one-off comics and create characters and stuff. And I think it just kind of hit one day that like I could make a character that was mine and it, it was just like the floodgates opened at that point. I mean, oh, right. yeah, yeah. I've made hundreds of characters in my like lifetime, some of which are not around anymore, <laughs> some of which are. Um, but sure. yeah, I've, I've kind of always been somebody that's wanted to tell my own stories and, and projects and um, or just I gravitate towards other like IPs and projects that have that strong sense of character at the forefront and have like these really mm -hmm. interesting casts. Mm -hmm. yeah. What's like the earliest uh, project you can think of that you did that you like really put hours into? Um, I would say definitely Zoophobia. Um, Zoophobia mm -hmm. for, for anyone new to me was my original web comic. And basically throughout my whole early life, like I think from uh, I don't think it was really started in elementary school. I think it was mostly middle school was when I kind of like came up with the name and stuck with it and, and started really developing the characters and, and figuring out what I wanted to do uh, with it. And then high school was kind of like the really big time of like drawing my characters and being really influenced by things. And, um, and then college is when I actually created the comic and, and put it out. Um, but that was kind of, where all of my characters went into was just this huge web comic called Zoophobia that was about this far, like this made up mystical land where it was completely run and created by animals and um, shape-shifting uh, like mythical creatures. It was, it was basically like a lost world of like just where animals and anthropomorphic characters and, and fantasy creatures could kind of like live and have their own utopia. Um, and mm -hmm. it was full of everything. Like, like when I created a character based on like mythology, I'd put it in there. When I created a character that was just a, you know, like just a regular animal character, I put it in there. I, I did like, it was just, it was too, it was too much. Like now looking back <laughs> on it, I'm like, you know, all these, like it had hell in it. It had all the, you know, demons and all this stuff. And, and I've actually since then yanked characters out of that world and started to develop them as their own projects. And so some of the characters from Zoophobia are no longer in that world and they're more like, I'm taking them out to be their own thing because there was just too much in one stew, I feel. Um, that's so but, funny. Sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah like, it was... <laughs> that's actually really great. It kind of reminds me almost of uh, how they developed the Amazing World of Gumball. It was kind of like, here's a lot of characters in one like space and then that's really great because you can just uh spend time with your characters and uh and then yeah like you said like develop them in like their own stories because i'm i'm sure like you've like every new character that you create you create an intense like character description right like their backstory and everything about them yeah i would i would get really in depth like with everyone even like the characters that were really one off and i kind of realized i was like oh this this character isn't really have much going on why am i going this hard <laughs> you know? yeah but i think it, it fleshes out the world i mean i think people 
pick up on that stuff and it like yeah yeah. it builds this rich world and um and that's where you get i think fans will often cling to like they'll cling to somebody who maybe isn't even that important to you as a creator but because you've put in the effort of like fleshing them out they're like that's me you know it's like the the classic like hashtag literally me and uh (laughs) and that stuff's great because it gives more options for people to like be attached to the to the property you know in general yeah no, definitely. Wow. I, I've seen people really uh, like attach and, and fixate on some of the minor characters in my in, in various projects of mine. And I'm always like really happy that every mm-hmm. character is loved in a way. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's nice. Yeah, <laughs> it's always surprising. Yeah. Where did you like how did you make your webcomic at the time and where did you post it? Zoophobia. I um I made it uh I use a program I still use it uh, a little bit cuz it's just what I it's like my comfort program um called Sai. I think some people oh, yeah. started out on yeah. it. Yeah, I, I feel like most people have graduated away from it. I still use it mm-hmm. mostly because I don't draw enough to have graduated to something else. Like I I mostly do like, you know, in in the actual creation of the projects I'm doing now, I do a lot of like revision and uh, Drawer and Redline and stuff, and it's just an easy program to just pull things into for that. So um, I'm not really making big comics and stuff like that anymore, like I used mm-hmm. to. I just don't have the time. So, but it, it definitely served me well. Um, I like the program, and so I, I would do the comic in that program, and then uh, I posted it originally on a website. But then the more popular the, the comic got, the more I had to keep paying for more like bandwidth and and. And it just oh, got yeah. really, really frustrating. And I constantly, like, you know, it, I'd have so much going on um, that that would be kind of hard to keep track of. And it would constantly be going down and people would be complaining. And I'd be like, oh, my gosh, I, can, I can't do this. So um, I actually moved it to Tumblr uh, where mm. it's kind of died, unfortunately, because, you know, Tumblr mm-hmm. then did that whole um, yeah. taking things down that they deemed, like, inappropriate, yep. uh, you know, yeah. and, and the big purge. Um, yeah. and, uh, even though <laughs> none of the purge. comic, yeah, exactly. And so even though none of the comic was, uh, was pornographic at all. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of casualties that had nothing to do with it. Yeah. A, a lot of pages got killed by it. So I don't think it's really readable anymore, which is a shame. Wow. Um, I yeah. do have the pages somewhere. They're on some, some hard drive. I have like 80 hard drives. So on one of them, I have all the pages, but I, I've kind of. I've kind of decided that that comic, like, I, I love it. I still love Zoophobia. I know a lot of people think that I don't like it anymore because I've obviously moved on. And yeah. I, I kind of always stare at, you know, the 10 minute short that we made <laughs> as recent as last mm-hmm. year. And I'm like, uh-huh, yeah, no, I, I totally hate it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I, I do feel like it needs a, a reboot. It does need like a complete overhaul which is why like we've um kind of been wanting to do these little shorts here and there um which are a fun new way to like bring the characters out in a way that i kind of always wanted in animation Mm -hmm. but kind of keep them as their own isolated things so the way we did that short it was kind of meant to be like one of many potential like just one-off little adventures with these characters um that are like my childhood characters so it's much lighter it's much more like family it's, it's definitely going to become more family friendly like if i do revamp the comic like i said it was everything at once so i originally was super <laughs> edgy and adult and really like all of the things all of the traumas the characters had you know <laughs> but now 
now it's definitely gonna be more of like a young adult like you know fantasy like thing when and whenever it comes back um i'm definitely gearing it more towards uh you know maybe not for kid kids like not little i don't think i make anything for little kids but you know something that's much more palatable <laughs> not not saying <laughs> and you know well that makes sense also because like you started uh working on this web comic when you were you said middle school or you said elementary you were really young um i think it was yeah, it was very young. Uh, middle school is probably the safest. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're like, uh, you've been writing for so long. So now you're like an accomplished writer. So now you can actually go back into it and be like, all right, like those are, that was my learning <laughs> experience. And now as, as like an accomplished writer, I can just kind of go back into it and, and make it an actual property. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That, that is so great. And um, have you, so you, you've, it's striking to me that you're very versed in writing, like you were really, really, really intense about writing and, but you were, but you managed to also draw this comic. Do you feel like drawing was just kind of a tool for you since the beginning to kind of just spread your ideas uh, online and reach a, a community? Uh, yeah, I mean, I um, I think the drawing, the drawing definitely came first, and the writing was okay. something that mm -hmm. I was always mm -hmm. much more like. I I'm a very um, I'm a very vocal person, so I mm -hmm. I would love to like verbally tell my stories, and like I would love to um, like like one of my favorite things to do, and I've I've done it many a time, is I'll literally just I'll keep somebody up until like five in the morning or seven in the morning, like just telling one story or, or like, you know, explaining uh, the lore of, of one of the projects or whatever. And, and I just, I tend to do that more than writing things down, which I definitely should. Um, but- um, Writing's not as fun. Yeah, it's, it's not. I, I've definitely, I, I consider myself a writer now only because, um, uh, and I think it's safe to kind of start talking about season two a little bit, but for season two of Hell of a, I write, I wrote, you know, what, like, um, maybe, maybe I shouldn't say how many, but a, a lot. I wrote a yeah. lot of scripts, um, mm -hmm. basically myself. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's safe to call myself a writer now because I yeah. literally oh, yeah. have like in the double digits of scripts under my belt. However, I definitely do still think my strong suits are in, you know, directing and, and, uh, and kind of getting a look of, of a project and everything. Sure. Um, but uh, I definitely do think early on, it was like the art was like, you know, like, like the best way of illustrating these stories that I wanted to tell because they were all full of characters that I really uh, was, I was really in love with drawing and I was really in love with thinking about. And so I think like more recently, the writing has been kind of more something that I've accepted that I, uh, that I can do or, or want to do. Um, because originally for Zoophobia, um, which I also do not recommend to any <laughs> artists uh, uh, listening to this, uh, I, I wrote it as I went. So I had the story in my head, but as far as the actual like dialogue and the writing, I wrote it in, um, in, in drawings. So basically I would, I had a uh, little notebook and I would sketch out the layout of a page and thumb the, the, of characters and then write the dialogue right then and there in the in the word bubbles um and yeah. i would do it as i went i would do it page by page which is why i, I feel a lot of people like do that. yeah yeah i mean i i think it's a good way to do it but i do think 
um, scripts help only like even for comics, like a lot of the comic artists I know now use scripts first, which I do think is a good idea because you can get more information across per page because like what I was noticing going back and reading the comic is I was like, wow, this five pages could probably have been told in like two, but sure. I, because of the way I wrote it, it's five pages and it just, it didn't help that the comic was so like ongoing. And so like five pages, I, I think I would post maybe twice a week or maybe once a week. And so when, you know, you're getting that little information across each page, I think mm. it kind of dragged on for people, um, including mm. myself. Like I was kind of like, wow, this chapter is, you know, 27 pages and, and I, you know, I just don't have the energy for that. <laughs> Such little happens. Mm, yeah so. web comics are a weird beast because it's like you have to update them regularly and sometimes you just aren't feeling it <laughs> you know like yeah. it's such a difficult thing to maintain so it's like there's gonna be chunks where it is kind of just spinning wheels but like i think that there is still a, a a drip of like if it's not plot details it's character details and so like you know it there's always something new to 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 be said, but yeah, it, I mean, cause I've done a few myself and, it, and looking back, it's like, wow, there was a lot of <laughs> wasted time here of just like, just because it needed, there needed to be an update and it's like, I don't have the energy to figure this out right now. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, writing ahead of time definitely helps. But, um, so what's the, what's the timeline, uh, between when you did, um, Zoophobia to now? I mean, obviously it's a long timeline, but, but I think, uh, it's interesting to hear kind of how you got to self-producing. Oh yeah. Yeah, so Zoophobia was mostly college. Um, so throughout college I was doing it. And it's funny because in college is also where I created some of the characters that would then go on to be and has been. Like Angel Dust was the big one. I think I created him in like my last couple of years of college. Oh, okay. And he was kind of a comfort character for a while. Uh, Alistair I've had as far back as uh, middle school. He's like one of my oldest characters. So it's it's very mm -hmm. um, it's very exciting that people uh, love him now the way they do because he's such an old school character for me. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, the timeline was basically, um, so my college years were mostly Zoophobia. And as soon as I graduated, you know, I, I had done my, my thesis film called Timber. And- Where'd you go to um, school? Oh yeah, I went to uh, the School of Visual Arts, uh, SVA, mm -hmm. in New York City, um, mm -hmm. and I absolutely fell in love with New York City. I I miss it so much. Mm -hmm. I am a big New Yorker and at heart, I think. Um, mm -hmm. And um, but um, I, I graduated, um, and as soon as I graduated, um, after doing that short film, which I had wanted to be a musical, um, and obviously back then. I did not have the resources or, or the connections or, or any of the knowledge about how to like make that a reality. Um, so what I ended up doing was I kind of went the opposite direction where I challenged myself to animate something without any dialogue at all. So I was like, okay, Timber is going to be a musical that doesn't have any lyrics, you know? And, and mm -hmm. so, oh, okay. um, yeah. so it's basically this, uh, um, and it was scored, um, by my friend Gooseworks, uh, who has gone on to, to work with me on a bunch of projects and who is incredibly talented. She's awesome. But, um, basically, you know, it, it had the score done directly to the visual. So it feels very, um, very fitting, you know, to the, to what's going on. Like the, the musical cues mm -hmm. kind of hit, uh, based on the animation but that was kind of a challenge, like a, like a personal challenge. Like I wanted to kind of be like, all right, what am I going to do without 
without the, the lyrics and everything. Um, and, and that was really fun. And that was my thesis. But as soon as I graduated, I was like, I want to do something now with lyrics really bad. And, uh, so I actually animated, um, the song Die Young by Kesha for fun, um, because <laughs> oh, I loved that song. Ooh. Yeah. And that was kind of my first taste of YouTube. Um, like anything. Cause I had, I'd posted mm-hmm. some of my thesis films on YouTube, but I hadn't really done a whole lot there. Um, mm-hmm. And because that video took off, I was like, "Hey, this is neat." And um, you know, some of the some of the big Newgrounds artists noticed me, um, like my friend Mick, um, whose mm-hmm. username is Rice Pirate. He um, mm-hmm. he first reached out to me and invited me to be on like a panel with other uh, YouTube uh, uh, or not YouTube, but uh, like Newgrounds animators and stuff. Which <laughs> that that panel is now infamous, <laughs> so I won't talk about it. But, um, yeah, it, it was uh it kind of was the shit show but um but I, I remember it fondly because that was the first mm-hmm. time i was invited around a bunch of other uh oh. animators what was the panel's uh context was it just kind of like oh we're gonna go live on youtube or was it kind of like in a um like a like a little festival kind of type of thing yeah it was um it was a small con called magfest um it's it's hosted in maryland where's where i'm from so it was just this local uh thing to me um and it was an animation panel (laughs) but it it was a little bit of a mess because uh i think like the the well (laughs) some people got drunk it was very it was just a mess (laughs) it became doesn't everyone get drunk before a panel Uh, definitely (laughs) became definitely became a yeah, but I was very drunk. Like, I'm <laughs> okay. It was a mess, but it was it was very. In hindsight, I think it's very funny. Like, I think I'm one of the few people that wasn't really angry. I was just kind of vibing, but I also yeah. do agree it was probably a mess. But I, sure. I I love all I love all um all those guys still. So you know, it was it was a nice introduction to the world of indie animation yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. like very rock and roll um, it feels like yeah. <laughs> yeah i got thrown i got thrown in with a bunch of of other very unique um animators who you know like Newgrounds is kind of still the very indie space you know it's where a lot yes. of uh, really amazing indie people still are and uh definitely a plug for Newgrounds. even though i've never really been to Newgrounds or myself uh, I, I love the platform. I think it's awesome. I think Tom yeah. is, is, is a great a guy. Scene. So big, big shout out to Newgrounds um, for me. Sure. But, um, but yeah, basically as soon as that whole thing happened and I got kind of in, in introduced to this world of like, you know, and, and, and some of my best friends I made in this, in the space. So I was like, you know, I finally felt accepted. I finally felt like I had a, a little community uh, that was supportive. And, um, and so I pursued the YouTube uh, end of things a little bit more because, again, this was during the time where just out of college, I was doing freelance. Um, I had a few experiences where people saw Die Young and they, you know, it's the classic, oh, I'm a musician. Um, I'm, <laughs> I want a music video. Um, and they would yeah. try to commission me for music videos. And I did actually do a few. One of them I was never paid for. It was a four minute no. music video. I did it in a month and a half, was not paid for it. Um, what? Me. How did you do? Yeah. What? It Four was minutes um, in a month. Well, that's that's really good. Like I don't know for yeah. someone listening who's not familiar with with the process of animating. That's really good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I was no. And well, to be fair, to achieve that, it was the most um, you know the most cheated thing in the world. Like it was so. 
I I made every every like time save, every like um, effort save I could do. I would mm. do. So it's very limited. I'm not proud of it at all. But um, but it was one That's of those. What it takes though. Yeah. To finish something to like it. that, it's a shortcut. I had to do it. Yeah, and then oh, they didn't yeah. even pay me. So no, that's <laughs> probably sucked. good then that you didn't put that much effort into it. No, yeah, no. <laughs> I kind of wanted to ask you to like, um, if if we can like kind of go back in time a little bit, because uh, mm -hmm. that's something that's like really interesting for me. Is like in in high school, how did you decide to go to SVA? How did you pick your college? If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that's a good. It's a good question. Um, I think at the time, because I'm, I'm from the East Coast, I grew up in Maryland. So, mm -hmm. you know, obviously, there's not a lot of, of animation around there. Um, and I think I just looked into like the best schools for animation specifically. And um, two of the best ones were CalArts and SVA. Um, mm. Yeah, because I didn't really want to go to um, the South. Like, you know, there's um savannah and uh SCAD. and a bunch of yeah a bunch of stuff like that and they were closer to me but i also just didn't i just was like nah i don't really want to go that way i'd rather sure. go to like the big cities um and i ended up doing a pre-college course at sba and i mm -hmm. loved it i was it was like the most fun thing in the world i fell in love with the city i fell in love with um the school um and i was just like this is this is it so I didn't even bother applying to CalArts. I, I applied okay. to SVA. Just felt good, yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't. CalArts also, like, I don't know if they still have this rigorous um, application set up, but they, they, they do, had like, ridiculously, yeah. you know, it was like you had to have, like, two sketchbooks and yeah. an interview and all this stuff. And uh, it kind of reminded me of Gablon because um, I've, I've done the summer school there, too, and obviously that school has a 100% employment record. Yeah, yeah I did that. Um, that's where V went. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's great. That's a great school. I, I love I mean, it. It's really exciting. You can, you can say anything you want about Goblin. Like, I have, you know, you, it, with every school, we all have, like, our, yeah. like, our yays and nays. <laughs> yeah. So. No, I genuinely had fun. Then again, I, I really like being, like, I love travel and I love, like, being in a different place. So even though it was, like, two weeks, I really liked that program a lot. I would love to go back to Paris. It was very, very cool. But... Um, so no, I don't have anything bad to say about it. I just, I just know their, their application process is, is intense. Um, cause yeah, they have 100% yeah, yeah. employment record or something, you know? So it's like really Whoa. intense. Yeah. Like, yeah. Goblin is like, uh, I kind of mentioned it in my, in my episode, but it's like, um, because it's, it's similar to CalArts in terms of like the exam is like, you have like multiple different exams to go through and basically and my gripe about the school is that, like they uh, get students that are already at the level of a professional, in my opinion. In my opinion, when I look back, I'm like, you guys could have just gotten a job, <laughs> but you know, yeah. uh, you, you, you do get like the, the school does kind of offer like a really strong network. And then you, you, you do learn like a bunch of stuff at school, but yeah, it's kind of ridiculous the, uh, what's ex expected out of the students. But um, so you so you went to um to SVA and what was what's kind of the is there like any exams like what do they ask for you to submit in order to um, apply? Um, I to apply I think it was just your portfolio. I'm pretty sure it was just a portfolio and maybe um, 
maybe like a cover letter kind you know like a why i should go to the school yeah. i think um it's hard mm-hmm. to remember but um it was not nearly as rigorous it was it was very it was pretty pretty straightforward um nice. and uh yeah it was it was great i i still think pretty fondly of sva i know i i definitely have adopted more of the attitude though of art school is kind of just what you make it um mm-hmm. like it, yeah. it gives you the tools it gives you the time to improve and to get better it gives you access to uh experienced teachers and it's also nice to be on your own it's very you know it's it's, it's a good place to kind of find yourself Definitely. and you know just like college in general however um you know it's, <laughs> it's obviously very expensive so you only get out of it what you put it you know what i mean like for me like i really dove in and i wanted to improve and i feel like it helped me in that sense and you know and and even as far as like connections and stuff like i don't really keep up with the people i went to school with that much um i i mostly i made most of my really good friends after leaving school so i don't feel like i think there is a stigma because i went in um you know knowing a lot of people who are like college is where i met the best people in my life and, and it's just the best time and I didn't really have that experience personally. Um, and I, I think it's a good stigma to kind of break is that like, don't go, you don't need to make your lifelong friends in college. Yeah. You don't have to make yeah. your lifelong connections in college. You can easily just get what you need out of college and then go and bring that and, and apply that to like the, you know, the industry once you try to join it. So that's one part personal thing for me that I'm just like, yeah, don't feel like you need to, be making the best connections and everything and call like you'll make them just i would i would focus on getting better because that's what yeah, it's for definitely. and that's what the money is for you know so i definitely think you know it's it's just that's that's the focus um because if you know otherwise you can just learn everything online and, and make connections online and everything you know what i mean so i think yeah. um you know if you can't afford art school there's definitely a way to make it, you know, and to get good mm-hmm. and everything. It just, it takes a little bit more self-discipline because you have to find the time. You have to, t- to find the the drive to get better, you know, whereas yeah. in school you, you're kind of given that. So it's, it's, it's definitely a to each his own kind of situation. I feel for it's cool. hundred percent. Yeah. Do you, do you feel like um, SVA has taught you skills that are important for you as an indie producer and uh, animator? I, um, that's the one thing I will say. Uh, I do think SVA teaches you how to make a film by yourself, which I do really think is is big. Um, and they encouraged um, working with underclassmen and working with other people to kind of like, you know, get your thesis done. And I think mm-hmm. my first taste of having a, a quote unquote team independently was, um, was doing my thesis for Timber, I had people help me color, like flat color. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And that was a huge help, obviously, because, you know, it was such a long film. I think my film was six minutes. So, you know, I, I yeah. would do all the inks and I would do all the the animation and then I just would pass them off to, uh, to some underclassmen to color. And that was really nice. Like I, I liked, I, I li- it, was, it was the first taste of like having a, having a little team help me and then like getting to celebrate them at the end of it. Like, I think I, I cooked them uh, a salmon oh. dish and like, oh, yeah, that's, that's thank you. Um, which I, <laughs> I even did for the husband um, uh, premiere. I, I made the same salmon dish and I, uh, you know, as many of the people who came. That's, like, that's a traditional that was, dish now. <laughs> yeah. 
It's good. It's my dad's recipe, so I'm like, I have to share it with everyone. It's so good. Right, right. <laughs> that's nice. <great>. So that's <laughs> been a part of you for a while. Like you, you like bringing people together to to work on something, and uh, like that, that's kind of where the producer role seems to have come from for right. you. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Cool. I found. I definitely found it's like my calling is is that you know just I love it. It's it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it, it it takes a unique set of skills, I think, beyond just being, you know, creative or whatever. Is just like recognizing that you need the help and like you need the you know people to contribute and like and it honestly like it usually makes the final product much better because you're you're pooling everyone's talent together and so it like it it's uh, it's really admirable to like be able to pull that off. It's it's. Uh, it's not easy to get artists to come together on something usually. Yeah, no, it's it takes, it takes takes some some hurdles. Stealing stealing a, a phrase from my friend Jaxie, she says it's like herding cats. Yes. <laughs> yes. It really is. Amazing. I love that. Just trying to get people to turn stuff in on time is is uh, always mm-hmm. a feat in itself. When did you start getting freelance gigs? Did you start kind of doing a little bit of freelance on the side when you were in college? Or was that something that you were actively looking for after college? Or was it really all the um, Die Young uh, video that you did that got you uh, that start in freelancing? It was um, I, it was kind of a mix of all three because I, I did do a little bit in college. Um, my My animation professor put me um, on a, uh, uh, a writer that was working with him or like he didn't have time for, and he recommended me. So I did this little, uh, freelance, um, uh, pitch with the, and that was my first experience being on a pitch to a network. Um, cause, uh, we, we pitched it to an, a network so and I was cool. basically, yeah, yeah. And I, it was basically just the art end of things. Cause again, that's, that's been kind of my career. That was the first start of the, the career path of basically helping other people, um, kind of facilitate an idea and, and get um, something out there. Um, and that was really exciting. Um, I, I liked doing that and that was in college. And then out of college, I, uh, after doing Die Young is when I got contacted by, you know, these, these musicians who wanted uh, really cheap music videos, which um, I do regret in hindsight because I think yeah. there's a lot of wasted energy, but you know, it was, mm. it was part of the path. It was part of the journey. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think the development stuff didn't start, more, that started more um when i got out to la i did get a um i did get representation i got a manager um now cool. i have agents as well but like um back then you know he would kind of find like opportunities for me um and so i would do things here and there and i was testing mm-hmm. a little bit but i i tested i think my first two years being out here in la i, I tested for boards and i mm-hmm. definitely i can see my decline mm-hmm. and not not in um, like it declined in energy because I started off mm-hmm. like the first few tests I did, I like put my whole heart into, I worked so hard on them and then didn't get the job. And then also it would be a situation where I would find out because I had a lot of friends in, in the actual, in the studios that I was testing for and everything. And I would find out, oh yeah, they, they, that was just a formality. <laughs> like they didn't, that shit sucks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was like, they already had their team picked out and I was just like, that what? Cause I had spent. I had spent, you know, a week and a half doing this three and a half page, you know, test that's insane. For, for show. That's something. Yeah. yeah you like, yeah. Learn, you, once you get in the industry, you realize how often that happens and it sucks. It's like the, I, it, yeah, I do not like that. It's so bad. And the fact that most tests aren't paid, it's just like, cool. They just wasted someone's time. You know, it's just like, yeah, it's like, not fair. No, it's, it's really not. Cause like, you know, like 
like when for um because yeah testing is is a tricky thing because i do feel like it's a valid thing because sure. you know you yeah. need to see if somebody can do it and i and i 100 get that the problem though is is like situations like that where you already have your team like if you're actively looking then that's fair and someone just doesn't make it it's like fine that's that's fair there's only so many sure. available positions However, mm-hmm. though, like when you already have a team picked out and you're really just looking for like maybe one mm-hmm. or two new people and you test like 40, that's so yeah, unfair. No, that's, I, that's so that was, that was kind of what happened with the first few shows that I was testing for. And I think I kind of just got slowly, slowly more like, like I put so much effort into each one that I could tell like because I've, I've looked back at like my tests over that year and I'm like the first few I put so much into – and then ever since then, they just got worse and worse and worse to the point where mm. I was like, yeah, I wasn't even trying. Like, I literally just just banged this out, like, as fast as I could. And I could tell my heart wasn't in it. And nowadays, I don't even really board. Like, I've noticed that boards aren't really my forte. So I don't mm. really even do it for myself anymore. So <laughs> I've kind of learned that it's not really a path for me. How, um, I was going to ask you, and you, you can give as little or many details as you, as you want but how did you go about getting a manager i i, just, I need to remember how because i i've been asked uh, by people like how do you find a manager and I, I kind of got lucky because i forget how the meeting came about uh, in the first place but i had a meeting at um six point harness here in LA mm-hmm. with uh with the development lead there um and I cannot remember her name at the time uh at the moment but um she was very nice um and uh that was when I first moved out uh out to LA and um she asked me she she asked me do you have any rep and I was like no actually I don't and she was like okay I I have um I know some people so maybe I'll I'll pass your name along to them and I was like oh that'd be amazing thank you And that was how it happened. Like I, um, my manager, Tony, um, I met through, through her. Um, and, uh, he just was super, he was super supportive and very like, yeah, I, I, this is a cool, cause that was before Hasbun was made. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, it was still, it was being made, but it was still in the, um, you know, not really much to show stage. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I, I appreciate that he saw the potential in it and, and in me and, and wanted to represent me. And, and so it's, it's definitely like that. So that's why I'm like, I don't know, like the classic, I, I wouldn't, I do think it wouldn't hurt to ask people, you know, especially if you are pitching, it's like, do you know any, you know, like, I don't think it hurts to be like, Hey, I'm not represented. Like, do you know anyone who's looking or, or anything yeah, like right. that? Um, but yeah, that's, no, that's super great. Me. That's super great advice. Yeah. Cause that's something that's kind of like, I feel like an animation is like a lot, like people don't really talk about it. I feel like when you talk to writers, everyone has an agent. Everyone is like represented, yes. <laughs> you know. But like when you talk or like actors too. But in animation, it's kind of I feel like it's, it's all it's not a taboo, but almost. So I think that's so great that you were able to share your experience for of course for our listeners. That is so yeah, cool. Of course. <laughs> Um, what, what kind of decided you to move to LA? Um, 100% friends. Uh, cause I technically can work from anywhere. Um, but the years, um, leading up to my move were some of the worst of my life. So, um, mm-hmm. after graduation, I went through a lot, there was a lot of stuff that happened, um, in those, those few years. And so, um, I, I met, like I said, I'd met a lot of amazing people in this very indie new groundsy 
community. And I ended up connecting with some friends that were like, Hey, I want to move to LA. And it was like, you want to, you want to go too? And they're like, yeah. And so we just made the jump because I wanted to live with them. And I, and I wanted to be like, here was where a lot of my friends had moved to. So I just, you know, I was very like, you know what, I think this is where I should be. I think it's time to leave the nest, you know, leave, leave home. Cause I was living with my family, you know, after graduating uh, college and it was very much a feeling of like being trapped. Like I was, I love my family. I actually have a very, really great relationship with my family and I, I love where I was, but I needed that independent. I needed to be away and I needed to be in a yeah. place where I could actually go out with people and, and, and have fun. <laughs> and cause I only had two local friends um, in, in Maryland and, and both of them mm-hmm. had full-time jobs and were, mm-hmm. you know, had lives. I mean- so, yeah. so you Gotta couldn't talk out. to them until five p.m. about these yeah, stories. Yeah, the- <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and they would. Yeah, and they weren't the kinds of people that would would tolerate that. Either. And they'd be like, "Oh, oh neat. sure, neat." <laughs> well, you know, it helps to have a community. It helps to have people around you that inspire you. And like, there, there's something to L.A. where you're in the middle of it. And you know, I think it does end up being kind of like a big fish or a small fish in a big pond situation because everyone's here, but you can (laughs) work together with people and you can, you can foster that community. You can collaborate, you can do So it's like, it makes sense that you were drawn here. I think a lot of us were drawn here for a reason. It's not just the, that the industry is here. It's that there's people here and that's Mm -hmm. that there's, you know, stuff Mm -hmm. happening here. It's easier to, to make things happen because everyone's in one spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, uh, so what kind of led to you mentioned it a little bit before we went, uh, we, we were recording, but uh, what led to you starting the self-producing uh, of your projects and you know figuring that out? Um, that so that was um, very. I mean, it was it was very organic. Um, you know, like I said, I'd, I'd had these very small instances of running a team with my thesis film mm-hmm. and then a little bit with die young got a very small taste of it but yeah i, I don't know because i know has been was the first time i was running like a massive team uh of people doing multiple different jobs um and i i'm very hands-on so i was i was helping with almost everything i did some animation sure. i did some cleanup i did some yeah. backgrounds like i did i did kind of like bits of everything at on has been on the pilot um but uh, it was really, um, I think the initial kick, uh, was definitely, um, that, uh, after graduating, I was trying to, uh, make a, a, a completely different film. And, um, uh, this is, this is a story, <laughs> this is definitely a, a story. Um, but, uh, so I was, um, after graduating, I kind of, my initial ga- uh, aim, like I said, was to make a musical uh, short. I really, really wanted to. So Die Young was my first taste of, of doing like something that I turned into a musical because it was a song that already existed and I kind of turned it into a, a musical scene. But I was like, I want to do something original really bad. And I had made some friends uh, in my final year at SBA in like the Broadway world and in the voice acting world. And I really really wanted to work with them on something especially like you know my dream was always to work with uh broadway talent and and Mm. and make a very classic sounding musical uh short or 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 film or something so uh, i set out to do that and i actually met this uh guy that i will not name yeah don't but yeah (laughs) I i don't name him but um uh, he was, uh, you know, claimed to be a producer and I was like, Oh, yeah. well, I need a producer for my short that I want to make. 
Um, and then long story short, um, I entered into an agreement with this guy's company, uh, company in quotes. Uh, it was like yeah. him and another dude. Um, okay. And uh, they did absolutely nothing. Uh, they took $20,000 from me oh, <laughs> and uh, took it and run, ran uh, basically over, over the course of a year. And um, that's a lot of money for, for a young oh, artist. Yeah. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? That's a shitload of money. That was all my savings. Yeah, yeah. you were yeah. producing your own thing too. Oh yeah, and, and this was, and so, um, and so that project uh, got shelved. It, it's now back on the shelf um, for me because I would love to make it someday, but uh, it definitely like the whole everything got just my my spirit just got broken because I had never worked and and this is one of the things that I think is a valuable lesson and and it's why I'm I'm starting to tell it more now is that mm. you know what a production company is supposed to do is they're supposed to help you get the thing made. They're not really supposed to be asking upfront for, for monies or, or for like, you know, anything like that. And so they basically had me paying them monthly to do absolutely nothing for a year. And, uh, and literally I would, I was very confused by it. Cause I was like, aren't you supposed to be like finding me cast or unionizing the, the whole reason I needed them in the first place also was just to unionize the project because I had some SAG actors that I wanted to involve yeah. and some Broadway talent I wanted to involve. And obviously I had no idea how to signal or, um, how to, how to get a project like SAG approved basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's all tough. they needed to do. Yeah, and and it's and and they just it completely scammed me, um, and uh, and so that was very much like a, a very low blow. I was already having a very very rough couple of years, and that was kind of like a, a big like a oh, big wow. um, really like completely wrecked my my drive and like everything. I was just super like devastated because I, yeah. I was like I was like all this money from from all the support and all the freelance I've been doing was poured into a project that's basically dead now because there's no oh. I don't have any money for it. <laughs> I don't have anything. So just like thinking about it. Uh, yeah, like yeah. how did you how did you get over the yeah, just that feeling of just being like, yeah, you like being robbed and, and not only being yeah. robbed of your money, but on top of that, being robbed time. of your project and your time. Yeah. yeah, it was it was a lot. Like it was such a time sink and it was such a like devastating blow and, and just the realization of of also feeling like a fool you know because i was like yeah there's so mm, many red yeah. flags and i completely ignored yeah. them because i just wanted to but you know again like well, you when know. you don't know what a, yeah when you don't know what a production company is supposed to do when you don't know how to unionize something and you need that like when you're relying on someone who claims to have those skills and and isn't it doesn't really you know like so i so i'm trying to cut my young self some break but the good mm. news is that because of that, I went back to square one and I looked at what I wanted to do and I went, well, I still want to make an original thing. Um, and I looked at the, these characters that I've had for a very long time and I really loved and I was drawing them all the time, which was the husband characters. And I went, you know what? Fuck it. Like, this is what I'll do. I'll do these characters instead because I love them. I think they make for a fun show. I just want to make a fun comedy pilot with these characters in it because why not and you know obviously that definitely worked out for me <laughs> so, so the way i say it see it is you know while that was a terrible thing that happened i do you know like i i feel like it gave me the put you know because like i basically initially has been was just out of spite like it was like fuck that company i'll make my own thing and 
it's it's fine. I love these characters. And, and they were all comfort characters. So I was like, you know, these are characters I love. This is a, a project I, I've always wanted to do. And, you know, over the course of the two years making the pilot, I fell in love with this world. I was like, I, I put so much more work into, like, where the story is going to go. Uh, I, I became so much more proud of, of the characters and the narrative. And I felt like I just came into my own. So, you know, it, it worked out. Mm. <laughs> like a phoenix you rose from your ashes <laughs> yes <Yeah>. exactly <laughs> it's funny how that always works it's like you need that rock bottom before things go up you know it's like yes <laughs> i think everyone goes through everyone successful has definitely gone through some low fucking valleys you know it's like you can't have the the high peaks without the valleys and it's just like something to keep in mind. I think for anybody that's even starting out, it's like if if you plan on being successful, you should expect there to be some some bad times because it's like you can't and if you just like brace for it and you're and you're ready for it and you have a good support system, like you'll get through it. Did, did you did you like uh what point was that? Were you in LA at that point? No, this was all before LA. So this was mm -hmm. in that dark the the dark time before so that's the t moving yeah. out. Mm. Made it even and, harder. And yeah, so it was it was just a bad because it was also it was a bad year for personal reasons. It was a bad year for like you know world reasons. It was it was a very bad time oh, yeah. for our country. It was just yeah. a bad time in general, and and so it all was happening at once. But Hasman means the world to me because it was the project that definitely pulled me not only out of a very very dark place, but it also you know just it started my career. It started, and then I moved out to LA like really soon after writing the pilot. So we were like working on it but it wasn't done yet. You know, it was very early stages when I moved out, but you know, I was, I was so vibing. Like I was just, everything was great. I didn't really need to worry about money at that point because I had done more saving and I, I had had more um, support since then, you know, so I had been able to save up a little bit more again and put all that money towards has been and living, uh, living in LA. But that was still when I was doing some freelance, but about halfway through, or maybe maybe after like the second year of being in LA, I was able to cut freelance basically out entirely, um, nice. and just work full time on on has been, which is great. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because I was going to ask you when you're telling the uh, that story of the first project, like you didn't have rep just yet, right? Like so so no, yeah. That was way before rep. That was mm -hmm. before. That was before everything, because now, yeah, with rap, yeah. that would not have happened, I, I imagine. But. Right, yeah, because they would have, like, protected you. Mm -hmm. They would have been like, this company is, is a complete joke, and this isn't real, and absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, nice. that's crazy. I'm, I'm just, like, taking it all in. I, that's, uh, that's such a difficult thing to navigate, and, and it's very impressive that you have come out the other side and like done wonders because that I feel like for for a lot of people that would have been the end of it you know like it would have been just like oh okay <laughs> just like mm -hmm. fuck it yeah but so it, it takes a lot to push through it yeah I am uh somebody that takes I take um things like that happening and it just makes me like dive in harder I'm just like me I'll yeah. do it <laughs> so. yeah I mean that's that's what it takes you gotta just keep pushing uh what is it if you're going through hell keep going or whatever the old saying is mm -hmm. but uh that's that's crazy and uh so what um i'd love to know like what are some of your influences because you have a very distinct look to all of your projects and uh i'd love to know kind of like what stuff 
are you kind of pulling from? What kind of stuff do you find the most inspiring and uh, things like that? Um, I, I'm definitely influenced by, um, Oh man, I, I, it's funny. I have my favorite movies up on, like I have all my favorite movies, uh, the movie posters up on my wall so I can just look at them and go through it. I, uh, my my favorite animated movie is Cats Don't Dance. I love that movie. Oh, yeah. So I was very I was very influenced by Warner, uh, the Warner style. Like the Looney Tunes, especially, are some of my favorite characters of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I liked about Cats Don't Dance was it it took that very Warner uh, style and that very cartoony like Looney mm-hmm. Tunesy style, but put it in a story that not only is a musical, but it's like an old mm-hmm. school Hollywood musical, which I have a fondness for. And it's also a story about prejudice. And it's a story that mm-hmm. like, you know, applies to the real world, which I've always just loved stories that kind of get into the real stuff. Um, and, uh, and then Roger Rabbit is another one of my favorite, which is another one that deals with prejudice and, and stuff through the, the yep. lens of cartoon characters and just has a darker tone and has a film noir tone. I love mm-hmm. film noir and I love, I love that contrast. So it's, it, those are very big influences for me as far as like tone. And, and I've always loved what I loved about Roger Rabbit was the clash of, of characters from completely different worlds. Um, so I really yeah. like characters that are really diverse in that sense. Like, you know, one character is a, an animal, another one's a human, another, you know, like there's so much variety yeah. and I, I've always loved that. Um, and then, uh, I, as far as like growing up influences, um, uh, Invader Zim and Billy and Mandy were two of my oh, sure. top favorite shows as a kid, which the very, the very, the darker, the weirder, the the edgier <laughs> cartoons mm-hmm. I've always loved. And then um, a little, when I was a little older, I saw the show in full. But I've always loved the the Batman Rogues Gallery. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Batman animated series is is one of my top favorites as well because I love Bruce yeah. Timm's style. I think it was a big influence on 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 me. I just love I love how he draws women. It's very pretty. Um, it's very mm-hmm. appealing and just, just how he, he draws characters in general. Cause I think like there's, there's a sharpness to each character design, mm-hmm. but I've always really loved looking at it. Um, like and, simplicity. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and the Joker is my favorite character of all time. So I, the, the animated series one specifically mm-hmm. is, is so good. So, so I, I definitely think like a lot of my influences were on like the more villainy, edgier sides of, of animation growing up and then, but then also like Disney musicals and cause I'm a huge musical, like a classic Broadway musical fan. So things like all the Renaissance Disney films where they, they adapted that and they, they brought in Ellen Menken and Howard Ashman, you know, to, to make those mm-hmm. memorable, yeah. memorable scenes and, and songs, huge influence on me. Yeah. What's your favorite Broadway musical? Oh man. Oh, I feel like it changes all the time. I think my, uh, heart in my heart, my favorite is Annie because it holds a special place oh, to me. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. It was the only one I got to be a leading role in in school. You know, like when I was yeah. a, when I was a kid, I uh, I was in it and I loved it. It was a very exciting like time to be on the stage and performing. You know, even if I was a little kid and probably wasn't very good, but yeah, you know, it was it was very nice. It was very like so that one's special to me. It also has a great song, so I, I love that one. Realistically, though, I think like tonally, I think Little Shop of Horrors might be one of my top, top favorites. I really, Mm -hmm. really love that one. I think some of the more recent ones I've really fallen in love with. I've I've fallen in love with um, uh, Dear Evan Hansen. I I love Patrick and Paul, the the songwriters for that. They're my favorites um, uh, in terms of songwriting. They're just they're so good at it. Like everything they make is magical to me. Like Greatest Showman became like my favorite 
movie movie because their songs are so phenomenal. It's good. It's it's fun. I, it's good. I, I, I love it because I love just cheesy, whimsical movies. I love circus stuff. I love their music. Um, so it has this very, like, it's super feel good, very feel good movie for me. I can see that. Yeah. I gotta check it out. Even if it's not. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, there's a lot of good new musicals though. I've, I've really fallen in love with things like um, something rotten is another really good one that I like to recommend to people. Cause it's a, it's a really funny one that I've never not a lot that. of people. It's really fun. It's about a, like kind of a, a funny uh, tongue in cheek uh, Renaissance story where Look it's it about up. how sh- Shakespeare is like a rock star in this, in this one. Oh, and wow. It's about these two, two music or these two writers who are trying to be like they're like the rivals of, of Shakespeare because he's like the big shot back in the Renaissance and they're like <laughs> they're like he sucks man like he sucks like we're better than him and and so they end up uh they end up going to like a like a, a future seer who finds out about musicals it's like oh there's gonna be these things in the future called musicals and and everyone's gonna <laughs> love them and they're like That's what cool. the heck is that and so they they try to make the first ever musical. And it's it's super That's fun. Awesome. It's, it's like the goofiest. It's such a funny show. Um, so I, I highly the recommend it. Costumes are nuts. I'm looking at it right now. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's it's really tongue in cheek. Like it's it's very it's really funny. Yeah, I, I love that one. It's I've never even heard of it. Yeah, the production one. seems really cool. Really uh, really well put together. Yeah, if I the the influence if I could make an influence map just based on like what I've seen of your work, it's like that is exactly what I would guess. And so it's uh, <laughs> that's that's awesome. Uh, that's a, that's a lot of stuff. That's a lot of like yeah. very different things, but it all comes together in like, uh, in a very appealing way. Uh, Cats Don't Dance mm-hmm. rules. And I hadn't seen it until I was like an adult. Like, I think it's, it was probably like a couple years ago, completely passed me by as a kid, as a teenager, everything. And man, I watched it recently and I, I was like, holy shit. Why didn't, why don't more people talk about this movie? Like, it's so solid it's such a solid it is it's it's so fun it's such a fun movie like it's 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 just it's a yeah like you said it's solid it's very yeah it's just very appealing to look at has great songs has great characters Mm -hmm. has a great message i love it it's it's very same uh director as emperor's new groove i think Mm -hmm. i feel like he was at yeah probably it's just like a a zeitgeist kind of like thing where it's like probably wasn't the right time for like it did not get promoted well didn't get promoted yeah it was happened it came i remember reading about i'm reading about it right now just to get my facts right but it's (laughs) it was it was uh yeah it came out like while warner brothers was like merging it it was like a the classic story of you know shitty corporate antics ruining the release of something and uh it just like wasn't it didn't get the love it needed at the time, and but yeah, I mean, you know, it's endured. It's an, it's. I think it's like a a cult movie basically because it's like not a, a huge Disney thing, but like a lot of people love it. Um, it's just yeah. like really sweet and fun, and yes. the animation is so good. I it's don't know. So good. It's <laughs> Darla's just like, such yeah. a great villain. It's such a little piece of oh, shit. Oh, she's so fun. She's so yeah. fun. Yeah. I love. Uh, what's the name of her like her bodyguard? Max. Max, yeah, the way that his yeah. mouth moves is such a specific <laughs> yeah. thing, but it's so funny. It's so good. He's like, yeah, jo- like his skull doesn't move at all. It's just, <laughs> just his lips. The, I think 
one of my favorite shots is there, there's a part like when he first comes in, he makes like a just him shaped hole in the wall. Yes. You know, yes, you just yeah, see yeah, the yeah. hole first. And then when he leaves, he disappears through it, like with like a flash of light. And it's just so funny. Like it's every time so I watch good. it, he's just gone. And like, there's like a frame of like a flash and he's gone. <laughs> he's just such this terrifying character. <laughs> he's a, he's a, yeah, he's a very strange character, but he's really appealing. Yeah. What before we dive into questions cuz we got a ton of awesome questions. Yes. What um how do you deal with creative block when it hits you and how does it look for you? How does it feel? Oh man. Um yeah, it 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 hits a lot. Um I get very burnt out um because I'm uh, I don't know if this is a if this is a this probably everyone deals with it, but having ADHD, I think it like definitely amplifies mm. it, but I I um I will have times where I am so like on it, like everything, like I'm just flying through it. I'm, I'm getting all the nitty gritty done. I'm, I'm very focused and everything, uh, but it only lasts for about two days. And then I'm incredibly burnt out for like, yeah. you know, a week. Um, and so um, I, when I deal with it, I, I typically like, I, I, I make myself lists. Um, like I'll have a little to-do list and I kind of am trying to convince myself that if I do at least one of the things on the list, then I can let myself relax. It doesn't always happen. Mm. You know, sometimes you can't even get to the one on the list. And so I always get really down on myself when that happens. But to to combat it, I try to like take a day to go, all right, well, you know, you're not going to get anything done and you're just, you're just getting anxious and and upset, Mm. you know, for, for no reason. And that's not helping. So I try that's when I try to like distract myself, like watch, watch a movie or, or a TV show and trying to get some of that inspiration up. I, I don't really play video games, but I kind of wish I did because I think that's a good time to do that. You know, like just <laughs> kind of get into something else um, and, and take a day to kind of, you know, re- reconfigure things. But I think it's safe to to not pressure yourself and to do, you know, you don't have to always get something done, especially if, you know, you're just dealing with burnout. Um, which to yeah. me is, I think, what I call creative block is burnout, you know, because I, mm-hmm. I go so hot and then I completely fizzle out and have no energy left. But yeah, I, I try to just take it a day at a time. Like I try to go, okay, tomorrow, it's not happening today. Try it again tomorrow and we'll see what happens. But I definitely think like relaxing. I'm a big fan of treat yourself. So, you know, if you have, mm-hmm. if you're having mm-hmm. a bad day, maybe get, maybe order out, maybe, you know, get... <laughs> the dessert that you want or, you know, something, watch the movie that you want to watch, you know, do, do stuff like that. I, I recommend. Especially after this last year, I feel like it, it's been, it's been real fucking challenging to try to like yeah. stay motivated <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and do things. Yeah. A, exactly. lot, a lot of treating, treating myself in this past year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For better or worse, but <laughs> it, you, you do what you got to do. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I think that's, uh, that's, that's really great advice. Cause I think, it's easy to get stuck in that like loop, you know, of like, I'm not doing anything. I feel like shit. I need to do something, but I'm not doing anything. I don't want to do anything. It's just like this con, it's like a feedback. Yeah. It's very easy to get stuck in that. Mm-hmm. And, and it happens to everybody. I think that's important to note is that I think no matter how people perceive uh, artists online, it's like, wow, they do so much. And it's like, I think every yeah. single every single artist that seems to produce a lot probably has weeks, if not months where they're just like, they, yes. they just don't have <laughs> it in them, you know? And it, yeah. it's just, Oh yeah. 
you got to keep going. Something that helps me, I'm going through it right now. I, I'm, I am in that feedback loop and I'm trying to break out of it. Mm -hmm. But uh, something that helps me is that I usually try to think about like, I I feel like, you know, it's like you feel like everyone's watching you and everyone's waiting for the next thing that you, you're going to make or whatever. And once you start getting followers, it feels like, oh, I got to like deliver. I got to blah, blah, blah. But then I think about like the people who I, whose work I like and whose work I'm keeping up with. And it's not like I'm thinking about them every day. You know, it's yeah. just like when, when yeah. they make a thing, they make a thing. And you're like, wow, great. And then you move on to something else. And so to other people, you are a small part of their life. And that does that's not a bad thing that's a good thing like it, it's less pressure like wait just, you mean yeah. you're not the center of the world of I'm every not single the one of your followers <laughs> i know that's but i think a lot of people don't like i've seen younger artists on twitter that feel, they're like oh i'm taking some time it's like sorry guys i'm taking some time off twitter like or or they come back and they're like i'm so sorry that i wasn't posting and it's like that's okay nobody cares like just live your mm -hmm. life like just enjoy your fucking the days you have on this earth like it's you, you don't have absolutely to check in and it but it's tough because we we get the, the algorithms trick us into feeling like we need constant output and that's not humanly possible like it's just not yeah healthy exactly but but anyway so yeah we got we got tons of great questions so from at dino lich did you ever consider a traditional path into the animation industry or was producing independently always the goal um oh yeah well i mean in the beginning absolutely you know i was like Oh yeah, I'm gonna pitch a show and and see maybe it'll get made and I'll I'll test you know I was I, I was testing for boards because I I've always wanted to be in a studio physically you know there's just there's something about being with coworkers and and, yeah. and actually be, you know there's a camaraderie and everything that I I've yet to well I I'm, well, I won't say I yet, I've yet to feel because I absolutely feel it now with with my with my projects but you know like I always yearned for that early on I was like I'm so excited to get a job at a studio and and do all that and um you know it just it just didn't really happen for me it hasn't happened yet yeah. um uh, and, and that's fine. Like, I, I think I've also kind of come to terms with like, it's okay if, if it takes you time to, to get there. Um, cause I know, so I know, especially after graduating, everyone's like, oh my gosh, like I have to get a job now, now, now I have to, I have to do it. Um, and you know, like you can, freelance is always a thing. I think, especially now this year, studios are starting to freelance people more because, you know, everyone's working remotely. So it's hopefully it'll become mm -hmm. more of a, of an easy thing for everyone. But I definitely I so. had the original dream of of being uh in a studio and getting a, a traditional job but i've always wanted to make my own projects so I, I think i always wanted to like kind of do it the traditional way of like getting in and making them that way but when that didn't really happen i just kept going you know like i just i was like well you know like i'll do these freelance jobs for money and i will keep making my own things in the meantime and i just got incredibly fortunate that people connected with the projects I was making and I was able to kind of make that the full time. And now it's kind of the opposite where I, I get opportunities for studios, but I, I don't really like the project or I don't really like, I don't want to take away from what I'm already doing. And I've actually had to turn things down, which is surreal to me that I'm like, I have to turn things yeah. down, but it's, but it's also, it's humbling. I'm very like, yeah. I, I'm humbled that now I'm, I'm wanted for things, but I'm also like, you know what though? Like I'm making, uh, I'm making these shows of my own. So I really want to give that the full focus, you know, especially unless something comes along, that's just the right fit. And I'm like, you know what? Cause I, I'm very easy if it's something that I 
connect with and want to do, I'm very like, oh, I'll make time. Like, and maybe that's a problem because I already have a lot on the plate, yeah. but I'll make time. But, but yeah, I definitely originally wanted to go the more traditional route, but I kind of just stumbled into independently producing and I fall in love with that now. So now I'm kind of the, op- now where I'm like, I'm more like the right project will bring me to, <laughs> to something traditional, I guess. Yeah. From at Lex Herverk been wondering what her connection with music is as how good the songs in the episodes are and i wanted to ask that earlier actually too is like do you have any uh musical education um i do not i i have taken singing courses on and off my whole uh well not my whole life but you know pretty early on i think it was Mm -hmm. in high school i started um in elementary school a little bit because i was in the musical and stuff but um but i i honestly i I can't take very much credit for the music and the projects because I have amazing songwriters who I work with. Yeah. Um, uh, Perry Grip did the songs in the pilot of Has Been. In, in Hell of a, we, we have a lot of songwriters. Uh, Sam Haft is is yeah. uh, the lead songwriter. And My he's, Sam, he's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yes, oh, you, yes. Yeah. He's amazing. And he, he did like the amazing Stolas um, song that everyone is really connected with, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. The Lullaby. Um, and, and there are some absolute, I, I can't, I cannot even get, I can't even remotely get over the songs that are coming up. Um, I I obviously (laughs) can't say them or, or or talk about them too much, but there are some phenomenal songs, like songs that would be on a Broadway album. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. (laughs) So I'm very excited for some of the songs coming up, but they are, they are all the magic of the songwriters. Not really me. Like I will help a little bit with lyrics here and there. Um, I definitely know I have an ear for what I want. So I, right. I, it's not, it's hard to explain, you know, sometimes like what you're wanting, but sometimes I'll give notes, but like, honestly, it's, it's really just, it's their world. So I, I like to let them, like to you, let them do it. <laughs> how do you pitch a song to your um, songwriter? Do you just tell them like, oh, this is kind of what needs to happen in this song? Or do you also are are you like oh this is kind of like the song from this musical and a little bit like that song from this like pop album or whatever and like can you do something that is kind of in between or like how do you how do you um communicate that um it's kind of a mix yeah it depends on the the songwriter so some songwriters are like send me tons of ref like what what do you want the song to be like and and then I'll I'll find examples and send them that way but most of the time it's that um I'll either get into a call with them or I'll, uh, or I'll, uh, type it all out and I'll give them the script. So like basically as much context as they can have. And then I kind of go over what the song should be and like what it should convey. And, um, and then they kind of run with it. And that's usually where I step in afterward with the lyrics where, you know, like if it's not quite canon or if it's not quite like, you know, correct in the, in the lyrics, I'll tweak it there. But Mm. usually I just kind of upfront give them a, a big overview of the scene and 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 what the emotions are of the characters at that point in the story are and you know like everything like that to kind of inform mm. it but for the most part um they really just kind of let loose and then if the lyrics aren't quite you know matching what uh, needs to be conveyed I'll, I'll go in there mm. uh, i i i was gonna ask you a question from at kate bailey m52 Mm-hmm. What are your top tips for pitching animated films? What is the most useful to have in a pitch? 
Oh, man. Um, I haven't pitched a film yet, but pitching in general. Oh, man. I think I think it definitely this has been said many a time, most likely by many a person, um, maybe even on this uh, on this podcast. But the big advice I always get is that you're not so much pitching the project, you're pitching yourself, mm-hmm. which is true. Yeah, there's an element of both. Yeah, I, I will say I would argue that you are still pitching the show as well but you know you are though the sell and like what will help is whether or not they feel like you have the confidence and the energy in the project if you have faith in it and then also just in general like you know if you're easy to get along with you know make a good presentation so I would definitely practice like you know getting very familiar and very comfortable with your project like for me I'm a big talker so I I had to kind of script out what I was gonna say but I would also kind of go off from the script and, and talk more naturally. But then it's like getting back on the script. I was like, okay, but I got to get back on before I trail off too much. But, you know, like you 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 can let yourself be yourself for the most part. And um, the main the main trick is just keeping it within the time frame that you, you have, you know. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I, I think it's just about being really enthusiastic and, and, and understanding and passionate about your project because the more passionate you are, the more it'll, it'll translate, you know, the more like if you're really excited about your project, then then they can more easily get excited about your project. Whereas if you don't really have the energy, then it's like they have no reason to have the energy, you know? Right, hundred yeah. percent. Because they're gonna yeah, you be wanna... investing money in you. So they wanna they want yeah. you to Yeah. Yeah. If I could add mm-hmm. to that, there, there's a couple of things that I've I've learned and it's like with pitching. And one of the things is like it really helps to when you're presenting to literally spell out how you um, how you relate to it. And like, you know, mm-hmm. adding photos of family members like it's it's good to kind of show the heart of like where the project is. I mean, it's different for everything, but but it's like mm-hmm. the more you can kind of tie it into your own personal experience, I think that'll help because it's like, oh, this is why they care about this. And it's not just mm-hmm. like, you know, but it's, you know, different projects are different. But that's something that I've definitely seen in other pitch Bibles that is like it, if you can get if you can like pull on the heartstrings a little bit it'll leave a, a stronger impression and like i think that's the goal is to just leave an impression on the people you're pitching to and yes. also yeah i don't forget my other thought but yeah pitching is 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 weird because you you are selling yourself as much as you are your your project let's see from at simply luna what's the best and worst part of character design oh man um i mean i love character design um I, it's definitely like what I consider one of my fortes. However, um, for my own projects, I kind of let them be very self-indulgent. So the biggest challenge is making sure that I don't repeat myself too much or, or if it's, um, or especially now that I have a team is keeping the animators in mind because I'm kind Mm -hmm. of a masochist in the sense that, especially when doing Die Young, that character had so much honor. Um, the, the werewolf girl that I drew uh, for that has so much honor and I was willing to do all of it. But now I, you know, I have to keep in mind that my team is the one doing it and I have to be merciful to them. And I think it's, it's challenging because I do feel like there are certain details that give the character that certain edge that makes them more appealing and makes them more stand out. But it's like figuring out which ones do add to the character and which ones don't. Like, for example, 
I think a pinstripe suit, like on character like Alistair, yeah, gives him more personality than so, mm-hmm. than without it. You know, like like mm-hmm. there's there's an element of like his look and his style that is informed by him having these pinstripes on him rather than having a regular suit. But you know, not every character maybe needs to have a pinstripe. You know what I mean? Like not every yeah, character yeah. needs that extra flair on them to kind of inform them. So I think it's it's learning to like kind of peel that off of some of them and and and. Uh, the has-been characters are are going through a little bit of a revamp to make them a little bit more animation friendly. Um, and also just, you know, there's a lot of ideas and stuff that I had for their designs kind of after the fact that I'm going back and kind of implementing. But yeah, character design is, is fun. But the challenge, I, I think uh, for animation, it's just bear in mind, you know, what's animatable. And re- remember, you have to animate this character. You know, you have to do so many hundreds of frames of this character. Mm-hmm. So trying to be mindful of that. And it's still something I'm working on because I, I like I said, I like doing really complicated characters and drawing. So um, yeah. so I have to kind of peel it back. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a reason a lot of shows tend to look, uh, start to kind of look a little similar. I mean, there's all kinds of stupid biases about, you know, CalArts style, whatever the hell. But um, I think... I think a lot of it is people don't realize that like somebody has to animate this fucking thing. And like, yes, <laughs> it, it's very hard to animate a character a lot when there's like lots of detail. And so mm. it's, there's kind of a, there's compromises to be made and there's a lot of like, you know, figuring out what's the most important details. And like, there's a, there's a shorthand that you kind of figure out as you go and that that makes it a little bit easier for the animators to draw it hundreds yes. <laughs> of times. Uh, there's there's always compromises. I like this one that goes at Lucky Lemon Lime. Uh, what's the least enjoyable part about being a producer? <laughs> it's worded <laughs> in a very strong way. But I think um, there is something there in this question that goes something like, like what, what's what's difficult? You know, let's talk about like the challenges of being a producer. What does that look like? Oh. Oh yeah, um, a lot of things. I mean, right now the way uh, Helva is going is that I, uh, I and a and a handful of leads are just we're managing a lot, um, you know, because it, the pipeline of a production is massive, and normally there are department heads and and there's people whose like job is each step, whereas as of right now it's it's like all me and a handful of other people. Like we have an animation lead, an animation supervisor. Um, background lead, prop lead, and uh, FX lead and stuff. But basically between all of us, we we just run everything. And the team is huge. Like we have an enormous team of people because that's, that's the only way we can um, make make it the way we do is because the episodes are so long and it's, it's so complicated that everyone gets a... I, I basically ask every animator what they're comfortable doing within a month and they give it to me and they let me know. And I allocate things based on that. So everyone kind of has like this very catered workload. And then when they, if there is an issue with deadline or something comes up or anyone needs passing, it's our job then to like relocate where things are and keep track of it all. And keep, it's a lot. So I would mm-hmm. say, I mean, the, the challenges are, are all of it. <laughs> um, you know, for mm-hmm. me, it's, I, I'm only one person. I've like missed getting back to somebody like right away I've like, you know, sometimes I'll, um, basically our entire production is done over discord. So, um, sometimes people will message me about something 
and I'll miss it or I'll read it and then the notification goes away and I mm. uh, accidentally don't go back to it. And so, uh, you know, so some of the yeah. challenges are just being one person with yeah. uh, over a hundred people at this point uh, who are Jeez. working on the show in some capacity and, you know, having to basically wrangle all of that and everything. And it's, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely, it's not something I think everyone can do. I don't know where, who in, I inherited it from. <laughs> I have, uh, <laughs> uh, my mom is definitely somebody I think uh, who I maybe have gotten it from cause she's had multiple businesses at once. And uh, my dad, yeah. um, came over, uh, as an immigrant. So he's always been a hard worker. So I definitely, I uh, think I got my parent. I inherited, thankfully, my parents' uh, tenacious uh, work ethic. However, um, it's definitely a lot, and I wish I, I do wish it. It was, um, you know, there's there's times where I'm like, I'm, I'm very thankful to the leads who are helping and 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 keeping me sane. Because if it was me doing everything, it would be probably impossible. But it's impossible. Um, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. yeah, that's definitely the challenge of producing like independently is that you have to do all the jobs you have to do um you have to do all of that overhead and that that nitty gritty that at a studio there would be multiple levels of people working and doing like yeah. you know there's somebody who's in charge of the editing there's somebody who's in charge of the payroll there's somebody who's in charge of the of the um the boards and directing you know and it's like i'm all of it so mm. i think that's the biggest challenge yeah. Uh, this is more. This is more for me as a follow up. But like, what a what does your day to day look like usually? Like, what do you spend the most time on? Um, it, it's different every day. Uh, basically, every day I have a whole laundry list of things to do. But uh, the the best part is checking in on the um on the progress of the team, getting to see you know like, and it's always a surprise because um we we have deadlines. But, you know, when people actually submit their shots and everything differs every time. So, you know, I'll be like pleasantly surprised to see like one of my favorite shots that I was really excited to see will be like posted. The animator will be like, here's my ref. And I'm like, you know, squealing at how good it looks. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm like, that's always like the nice, uh, nice part is like doing, you know, reviews and, and notes for, for shots coming in. Um, I also do key drawers as well. Like when people are, are um, having a little bit of trouble with the style or the model, um, instead of like going, do it again, uh, what I do to save time and effort is I full stop just, I'm like, hey, you know, do you want to screen cap me those or send me the file and I'll just, I'll correct it. And then I send sure. it back so that it's their drawing, but it's just on, you know, if they, if there's anything off model or we wanted to push an expression or something. So I just kind of do it so that they um, can pull that back in and just finish the shot. Um, but so I'm doing that as well. So I do drawers. Uh, pretty regularly like if, if any are needed I check in with the leads I basically just just every day is just a review of everything you know we're also doing simultaneously we're doing uh, boards as well for for season two so you know I'm looking at that and doing uh, board meetings with the board artists and stuff like that so we're we're just so much <laughs> so much at once and that's not even counting you know if I do have any meetings and, and stuff kind of more in the the general day-to-day -day. like if I'm having meeting meetings with studios or or talking with them with more of like the industry side of things. So do you like have set work hours for yourself or is it just kind of whatever time it takes? It's constant for me. Mm. For me, I, I do not know how to stop working. So even mm. when I'm like, yeah, I'll stop working at this time. No, I, I go late into the night and then I would go to bed and I started all over again. Oh, so wow. I don't entirely recommend that, but it's just who I am. Like, it's just how I am. I, I love to work. So mm. yeah. 
But I think that's why when I do get burnout, I try not to beat myself up. And I'm trying to like, hey, all right, I'm just going to let myself take today easy. (laughs) Well, if it's fun for you, you know, it's kind of hard to draw the line sometimes with work because it's like if you're enjoying it, what more is there? You know, it's like you're spending your time on the stuff you, you care about. Um, yeah. So I, and I think, think with the with pandemic, that. yeah, and with the the pandemic, you know, things are so like you can't go anywhere and do anything. So I was like, you know what? Oh, Guess I'll God. just work even more. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's a it's a curse and a blessing in, in a lot of ways because it's yeah. like you have all the time in the world, but then you got to fill the time. Exactly. And that's the hardest part. Uh, we've had a few questions about a few people asking questions about like, how did you get some of this like high profile voice acting talent like Norman Reedus, like Alex Brightman? Uh, I think a lot of people want to know that. Oh, totally. Um, so every actor is different. I originally um, I'll talk about Helva specifically because I think Helva is where we've had some of the uh, the, the bigger name quote unquote mm-hmm. bigger name talent uh, is a, I only say quote unquote because, you know, I, I love every single member of the team of the cast of all projects. So, you know, but yeah, um, sure. It, it's a, well, it's a, it's a, uh, Helva is SAG. So we have access to a lot more, um, you know, SAG actors um, mm-hmm. just inherently. Um, so they, you know, like the qualifies for that. Um, and uh, uh, basically like originally with Helva, uh, I met with Brandon, who was the main character's voice, um, and he's amazing. And he was kind of the first bigger name actor that I kind of like got involved with. And he's and he's awesome. Like, and he helped write the show, and he's been great to work with. And through that, it kind of just became like a. I I, I know a lot of people in the voice acting world, and I kind of just reached out to certain people that I had always wanted to work with. And one of those uh, being Richard, Richard Horvitz, who is amazing. Mm-hmm. And he's actually now the, the voice director for the show and everything. And he's amazing to oh, work cool. with. But yeah. um, I met him or I got uh, his contact initially through uh, my friend uh, Adam or, or Maxwell Adams, who obviously they go way back. <laughs> and so like initially yeah. it was just kind of like meeting people through meeting people, you know, and, and just having the connect and, and pitching them the project and, and them being in, interested in it. And um, from there, I always wanted to have, or at least try to have some of these uh, amazing Broadway uh, actors involved in, in any project, really. I was just like, I, I have a lot of characters that I make specifically with a voice in mind, or I have a voice in mind when I'm drawing them or designing them. And when it came to Helva, it really just became a situation of why not? Like, I, I literally was like, you know what? The worst they can say is no. Like, why not try? Why not ask them? And uh, we were casting for season one right during the pandemic. And it was also a time where, like, heartbreakingly, Broadway was uh, went dark. Like, it, it closed yeah. for most of the year and, and still closed now. And it, it was so devastating to see. And so a lot of these amazing actors like were completely out of work. And I, you know, I was like, well, if, if there's any time to like try and involve them and get them something to do, uh, it's now. So uh, we, a lot of the cast in Helleva is uh, Broadway. And it's an honor for me because I'm a huge musical theater like nerd fan. And uh, I've gotten to work with some of my favorite voices in, in Broadway and, and these amazing talents. So uh, it's it's been an honor. 
um, absolute honor to, to work with every single one of them. But I, I do think that the pandemic was probably like what made their availability, you know, more doable. So this kind of project, even though it was an indie, an indie cartoon show that they probably never heard of, it was more, you know, doable. I think um, because of availability, but now I feel like um, a lot of them have really seen how like the show resonates with people, and it's sure. it's been very like uplifting to to see the cast really like embrace these characters, and it's it's an honor for me to to see how uh, excited they're getting about like where the stories are going and everything like that. So that's been great. Um, but that's definitely for the more like the Broadway end of, of things. When it comes to some of the people like Norman, Norman actually was somebody that I met with on a, uh, a general for a completely unrelated reason. Um, he has a production company and I meet with a lot of production companies for uh, various projects of mine. And uh, I met with his just as a general. And what was amazing about it was I really liked that it was him there because I've met with a lot of production companies that are owned by uh by actors and and it's not always them you know it, it and and which is fair because you know they're busy but it was really cool that he was there and and we just hit it off he was incredibly nice incredibly nice uh, person and incredibly fun to talk to and very easy to talk to so it really just came down to me asking him uh because we were we were doing all the boards and everything for the episode and i didn't really have anyone specifically in mind uh but i knew i wanted a really cool cowboy villainy you know like a really unique like fun villain voice and i was like you know what i wonder if he'd be interested and so i literally just pitched it to him i was like hey you know we have this uh this this villain cowboy uh demon Mm -hmm. guy um you know is that uh what do do you think that would be uh you know you'd be interested at all and and i was like there's also a song but (laughs) and he was super down like he i think the song was exciting for him to do because i think he'd never done something like that um mm-hmm. and so he's just like yeah this sounds fun and i was like cool and that's literally how it happened like it wasn't any kind of like big like try yeah. it was it was just i literally just took the took the risk and asked and he's a really really nice guy and he just was you like yeah sure know. you just you gotta never ask know. Like, yeah it's very very big mantra of mine is is why not it's a big uh, why yeah. not um, because you know, like again, the worst thing, and we've had people say no, um, nicely, you know, people have, have, yeah. have turned down roles, uh, but I, I'm never offended because it's always like a, you know, why not? They're busy. They're, they're, they've got a lot on their plate. I don't blame them for not having the time to, to do something like this, but the people who have, it's, it's been an honor and I'm thrilled by the cast, but you know, even if they get busy and everything, it's, it's not no, no hard feelings. I just appreciate that everyone uh, was a part of it at all. Definitely. So. Yeah, that's yeah. really cool. That's very inspiring. I, I love that attitude of just been like, you know, like, yeah, what's the worst that can happen? Just a no. Yeah. <laughs> just get a no. Exactly. And then you move on. You get a no and you have to move on and find someone else who will also rock the role. You know what I mean? Like everyone, mm-hmm. there's always amazing people out there to do these characters. It's just, if you have a voice in mind and you want to you wanna try from, the, the worst I can say is no or, or not get a response and you have to move on anyway. You know, like it's, it's just, why not? <laughs> why not try? Yeah. Uh, v, was there any other questions that were interesting to you? I think we kind of went over a bunch of really good ones. <laughs> so uh, what kind of goals do you have for the future? Like, what do you have in mind? Oh, man. I mean, I definitely want to, like, my biggest dream, my biggest aim is definitely to, um, 
to make uh, Has Been and Hell of a in full. Both of the shows have stories that I have just fallen in love with and characters that I fall in love with. So, And they have a narrative and they have an ending. Uh, mm-hmm. Both shows I actually have completely mapped out and I know exactly where they end. And it's it's a journey to get there. It's multiple seasons for both shows. And so so obviously now is like just a, a goal of, all right, let's let's try and do it. Let's try and get to that finish line. Um, and uh, so that's a that's a big one for me is that both these shows are definitely um, babies to me. But uh, after that, like I honestly have a lot of other projects that I'd love to do. Like I have another another couple babies that I'd love to make, like Timber being one of them is a big one I'd love to do. And it's a, that's more of a family friendly show. And mm-hmm. I have a, a few other uh, projects that um, I'm incubating right now. And I'd, I'd always, I've always dreamed of, of being involved in a feature, if not doing a feature, but like just being involved in, in a feature film. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's also on my list is like maybe to, to try to develop something or, or pitch something that's in that space. Um, but basically I just, I would just love to, I want to finish these stories and see where, uh, other projects take me basically <laughs> just going through it. <laughs> I think it's a great goal. Yeah. Uh, and mm-hmm. you've, you've proven that you have uh, the, the skills to execute on all these things. So I have no doubt that you'll stick the landing on all of those. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, well, that's the end of this creative block. Thanks to Vivzi for uh, being our guest and sharing her story. And thanks to your listeners. Follow us on Twitter. It's at creative block creative without the vowels where we ask for drawing prompts and questions to ask our guests. Huge thanks to my sister Clemens for editing the podcast. Please subscribe to the channel if you love our content. I've been your host, Gene. And I was V. Keep being creative, and we'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.